Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I'll transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. It is the offseason, but I've got a lot I want to get to today, so let's not waste any time and get right into it. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, the man who holds this thing together, the glue of Longhorn Blitz, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing quite well. Yourself? Uh, Good. Did you enjoy all the severe weather going on man, in our neck of the woods away. over the weekend? That stuff was insane. Like, the highest I've ever seen Barton Springs in my life. It literally, it, Barton yeah. Creek crested at the second highest it's ever been, highest since 1929 but like it was like you know when you go into barton springs and you have that place where you can buy burgers next to it yeah think if the water was up to there and that was where your feet were that's where the water yeah, was nut yeah um a man who had his weekend impacted by the water because uh, he was down at hornbash had a buck's <laughs> backyard in buta uh down in my neck of the woods lifetime longhorn 2002 ut all-american 2002 semi-finalist for the jim thorpe award fourth round draft choice of the new york giants in 2003 spent his nfl career with the giants lions bears bucks broncos and a year with the hamilton tiger cats of the cfl when he was done with with football got himself back to Austin, Texas and the 40 acres where he earned his degree. When he gets that team ring back, I promise, folks, he's going to wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member, a black card member of DBU. Number 21 in your program. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, uh, Thanks for the intro, brother. No problem, Rod. I don't want to uh, belabor it too much, but uh, the Horn, our, our wonderful partners, the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, uh, had their second annual Horn Bash over the weekend out of Buck's Backyard in Buda. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Um, I brought my wife out there and my yeah, young thanks daughter. Thanks for coming, man. You brought yeah. the family out. Yeah. The family that's affair. awesome. Yeah. I would say it's kind of like a family family reunion, and you had, yeah, you brought the family out, and that was really cool, man. It was good to uh, see you guys. Rod had not seen my daughter yet, so I wanted to make sure that happened. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, man, she's gorgeous. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, but speaking of the weather, yeah, you guys lost an RV. Uh, we lost an RV. We lost like eight porta potties. Another RV got wrecked because Onion Creek. Yeah, and it just—I mean—the water rose really fast, and it just wasn't. It, it, this is the crazy part. They didn't have enough time to really move the RVs because the water was rising so fast. And then once it got muddy, it was just—you know—you were stuck there, and yep. mm-hmm. it couldn't move them out. And of course, stuff got washed down river. But the barbecue team—I think there were forty something of them total. I want to say 30, 35, 36 of them stayed. I think it was 39. I think there were only 39? two. Okay, two. Yeah, because yeah, Aaron Hogan uploaded yeah. that video so of them sitting there in the middle of they're it. Just, they just basically risked their lives so that we could have some good brisket and good ribs. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what happened because, I mean, they say the fire like Marshall came down and was like, hey man, we got, you know, hey guys. Sam, there's a 15 foot wall of water coming down <laughs> Onion Creek <laughs> in about 30 minutes. Out, they were like, nah, we're good, we got it, we got it. So uh, that, that's actually what made the event really a success because if they would have left then nobody would have gotten a chance to eat and I don't think it would have been as successful as it was um, because of the weather I deem it a success because fans came out you came out it was a beautiful day the next day the next yeah. day was oh, one yeah. of the best dates we've had in 2019 here in Austin but it turns out the day before it was like you know yeah, two, flood, two things I want to mention out there. two things I want to mention on Horn <laughs> and Bash. RVs were the art um, <laughs> whenever I meet people it's amazing you know because I've been at 24-7 sports and Horns 24-7 since the day the site launched almost 10 years and i get more feedback on hey love the blitz get more feedback on the blitz than anything that's so awesome. yeah that's thank you guys out there for listening downloading supporting the show yeah we greatly appreciate it and two matt i was kind of hoping you'd be out there because bucky and aaron celebrated their 20 year anniversary of being yeah, on right. air i didn't know they were like renewing they vows re- and then re- i saw them in their vows and with- <laughs> like I, I was like what is going on here but with yeah, reverend no. rod presiding over the ceremony i, I talked to that 
was officiating the ceremony. It was not my idea. Trust me. Yeah, no, it was Christina came in here that week before and was saying that they were having. I was like, I'll be there for the Rockets Warriors game. It starts at seven thirty, and she was like, Up, oh, it's a day thing, and it's going to be done. So I yeah. was tied up till seven thirty. So unfortunately, couldn't make it out to watch the game with them. But I, if I would have known Bucky and Aaron were getting married again, I would that would have been pretty cool to check. No, but, no, it was fun because it was, fun. it was cool because Chad Hastings was their first producer. Trey was in that chair for a while. Matt, you sat in that produced chair. Yeah, I, that's where I started as an intern was behind old Dedimore doing that. And then Aaron, I mean, Bucky, in between me graduating college, before I got hired at that radio station, I was like Bucky's assistant for like a month or two. He just sent me Bucky's around the places. Assistant. Like I, I was picking up. You have to sign a non-disclosure. No. <laughs> I, it was the most unofficial job ever. I yeah. was driving around picking up lawnmowers for like basically all his prizes for the mullet open and like was doing his mullet open stuff for him basically. And then yeah. started at the radio station and that was when you got hired like literally within like that first year was whenever you started you were just sitting down watching the sports buffet and then yeah. started doing the show man that's crazy well um so that's just a kind of a slice of what's going on here uh yeah. in our no no, no it's crazy our no, recording area you, uh, people more people know you the from the, sorry about that interrupt you but more, oh, people, more people know you from the blitz i wanted to throw this out there but i didn't want to throw it out there before you guys made your points I remember when Emmett Smith, and it blew me away until he said, man, I swear to God, more people come up to me and tell me they love me from Dancing with the Stars than <laughs> they ever did to tell me, hey, they love me from being a running back uh, with the Cowboys or with the with, with the Gators. Yeah. And it blew me. I was like, are you crazy? But then it just let us know, like, we're in a bubble, a sports yeah. bubble. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, man, people love me with Dancing with the Stars. They always come and be like, man, you were awesome on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and to me, I think that's kind of with you, like, you, you like the, 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 the web world is like a world of its own and then there's like the radio world they intercept and they obviously there's a lot of crossover but man people people love Jeff Howe on the radio well, they, and that, I, I get more compliments that. when Jeff Howe's on the show on when you come on doing football season Thursdays and Mondays uh, than hell most of the things we do on the show they love Jeff Howe on the radio man. and I think I a part of that's that. you being humanized because like when you talk about you know Emmett that happening it's like he was a football guy just like just just a writer but then like you see that human element element and a personality yeah. and people connect with it and that's sort Great of what point. the podcast idea or the conversational aspect of radio you have that human element where you don't get it just as a cut and dry print read or a cut and dry football player running into a wall well said i appreciate that well said oh uh, speaking of human I, I lost my mind the last probably week <laughs> or so uh-uh. digging into research and we'll get to some of that today but this is research that's going to carry us pretty much through the summer and pretty it's much called rabbit forever. holing I've, I've actually coined the term yeah. rabbit holing you just mm-hmm. thought ra- you go down a rabbit hole and you're like you know what i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna do this right ra- I'm, I'm gonna I'm do this rabbit hole right i'm going deep i'm going deep but the first the first thing i want to get to this week is uh and, and and the research will <laughs> lead us into the second big thing i want to hit this week but the first thing is news on the 40 uh they broke ground and should be probably within the next as we sit here now within the next week or so uh in earnest start on the south end zone project rod it seems like Man, we've been talking about the South End Zone project since the North End Zone project was finished yeah, 11 years ago. Yeah, it's like the Mopac ago. project. It, yeah, goes down it really is. Yeah. Anytime they put something in a project, it's like, no, literally, it's a project. Like you know, no, like Texas State, it's going to be that same way. It's going to take a while. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, you're spot on with that, too. That that, that university, God. that stadium's going to be always growing. That it, The next time it's finally finished is 10 years later, and yeah. something else will need a revamping, and that's how Mopac's been since my parents literally first heard of Mopac in the 70s. All you yeah. need to know is Mac Brown was selling to us that they were going to close the horseshoe mm-hmm. of DKR when he was recruiting me in 1999. And they didn't do that even when I was on the 40 acres. Nope. So go to Tom Herman's point where he says like, what he says is like repainting. He said that basically the facilities, the arms race between facilities is like repainting the Golden Great Bridge. By the time you get done repainting one part, it's, it's time done. to start all over and get to the beginning yeah. where you started, I don't know, five, eight years ago. It's mm-hmm. all Mm-hmm. Always a project. Yeah. Which yeah. is what Mopac. So anyways. there's a couple impressive things about this. <laughs> Number one is it starts with Crystal Conte and he CDC? has raised $125 million of the money that's going to go with this facility. And we went through kind of the end of the DeLos Dodds era rod where everybody across the board, I think, in the athletic department was just kind of resting on their laurels, the whole we are the Joneses yeah. deal. And Texas fell behind and fell behind quickly with what TU was doing and what Baylor was doing. And, and basically, you're not even top of the line in your own conference. You're probably middle of the pack, if not worse, in your own conference in terms of facilities. And then the Steve Patterson debacle where, you know, we don't need to rehearse, you know, oh, rehash geez, all of that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hey, 
I still take up for Stevie P because I said I think he was hired as a hatchet man. Yeah, you knew he was going to get fixed. He, he, I, they all knew it from the beginning, man. None of it lines up. They knew it from the beginning. He came in to do the dirty work that nobody on the 40 Acres wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So they hired him to basically be an a-hole. Yeah, to and be the he's shield a, to he's take a really it all. good a-hole. And, and he'll take he, all the... He's, like, he's, he's, he's not a great sports him. mind. He's not a great athletic director. He's not, go, go look at his track record. He's never, ever oh, been man. successful well, he, actually making this. He's one of those bobs from yeah. Office Space. He's hired as a hired. He's a hired hand, a mercenary to come in and do the dirty work for Texas, and he did. That's he didn't all, even do the dirty work right, though. Like he, he, he bo- they all botched, you know, Max exit. Well, he's coming back, but he's not. But now he is. But now, now he's fired. Well, and yes, then the whole well, Rick Barnes I, thing. I, I say yeah. he's good at his job, but they hired him to do a job. What's to be hatching? Thank you, thank you for clarifying. Thank you, thank you for clarifying. He needed to do a lot of unpopular things, even though if the messes wanted, there were hard things to do. Getting rid of legends or moving on from certain things. A lot of policy says this. A lot of the policies he's put in place, they have not removed. They're still there. Does that include the, you know beer? I mean? like they, they haven't. They haven't went back on a lot of things. Does that include the uh, the blended six percent increase <laughs> on, the, on the things he did? I know that for a fact. Yeah, they had removed them, but CDC is so. I mean, he's so brilliant. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like in terms of public relations and media relations, that I mean, he's he he, he saves the day for everybody. And Mike Perrin, give him props too. He did a great job after stabilized. The CDC. Yes, and, and that was the thing. You know, you hear yeah. about Crystal Connie raising raising right. most of the money, yeah. raising most of the money for this facility by you know reaching out to the Moncrief family and the Myers family and all these families that yeah. have given money to Texas like names over the on years. buildings yeah and, and getting getting the money and but getting to interact with Chris Del Conte at that deal getting to interact with Greg Fenvis and Tom Herman was available for a brief time because he had you know recruits he was hosting during the weekend this is the first time in a long time, Rod, where I felt like, you know, specifically relating to the football program, like this thing on all levels is headed in the right direction. Like this is, this is on a championship trajectory. And I don't say that for lightly. football. Yeah. I don't yeah. say that lightly. Um, because everybody has the same, <laughs> everybody has, and I know Tom Herman uses that word alignment. I know people don't like hearing it, but Chris Del Conte, Greg Fenvis, and Tom Herman all have the same vision for what they want to do. And they're all, to use the old parlance, they're all steering the boat in the right direction. Yep. I agree. Um, I'm with you 100%. It almost reminds me of once you did get everything aligned with, you know, Mac Brown, Bill Powers, and DeLos Dodds, Chris Plunkey. I mean, and uh, Tom Herman's the one, and I don't know if, he, I'm sure he's not the one who said it. He got it from somebody else that, you know, um, you know that, that, that you know, program overall, the program. Administrations. Administrations yeah. win championships. Yeah. You know I mean? It's not just, when we say program, yeah, you talk about the players on the field and the coaching staff, but then you go much deeper than that. We're talking about equipment, the equipment guy, and deeper than that, and even, you know, your uh, your AD and your you know the administration and all those people they, the people that's in compliance and everybody everybody's yeah. got to be thinking on the same page because any disruption can cause almost this reverberating cascading effect yeah. all throughout the administration you know what I mean that especially can, at a place like this especially at a place like Texas and um, we've seen that so yeah I agree that's what Mac Brown knew he, he, he said the BB's in a box but it's the same thing right. alignment is what Tom, Tom, alignment 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 Mac Brown would say I gotta get the BB's back in the box yep. and the BB's in the box. That was his thing. So, I mean, it, it's still the same visual. They're, they're politicians to a certain extent, so they got to sell it to us. Get get a vision. Alignment. Yeah. It's time where he's like, alignment. I need alignment. And we say, okay, alignment means he's got to have everybody on the same page. You think of alignment, you think straight. You think, alright, so everybody is, it's corresponding. Everything is right where it's supposed to be. And that's his way of saying, hey, everybody's on the same page. And Mac Brown's way of saying it was, we got the BBs in the box. And, and, and we all remember that, too. It's mm-hmm. almost like a campaign slogan, right? Make America great again. You remember it when it's good and it works. It almost it fits perfectly. It's like, Hope. oh damn, oh yeah, 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 right. Hope and change, like you know it. Like, oh, that, okay, there it is. Um, so I think for Tom Herman, he he understands what it's all about. Mac explained it to him. He was like, hey man, don't use my slogan, all right, but find your own. Brand it, you know what I mean? But brand it, keep saying it, and then people will understand what you what you mean and what you want. Based on what you just said, why do I feel like the next thing we're gonna see somebody's gonna like put Tom Herman's face on the Barack Obama poster where instead of hope it says alignment? Yeah. <laughs> It is. alignment. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but he used that to justify, I want to keep the coaching staff where yeah. it is. I, You know what I mean? Like c- consistency, alignment, stability. All these things, they, they come to mind when you play like the word game with alignment. Right. And, you know, he's a Mensa guy, so he understands that. And Mac Brown was a brilliant, you know, political strategist. So he understood. BB's in a box. We would all 
don't get it. Hell, he was in Texas. He's like, guns, BB, BBs in the box. People love the guns. It's like, BBs in the box. He so is like, oh, quoting yeah. old Daryl Royal, yeah, too. Be, yeah. Bringing you back in the legend, <laughs> yeah. making you feel yeah, comfortable. Man, it's, That's why know. I'd like to see, like, you know, I you like said the, the alignment yeah. photo and yeah. of Herman. Just saying, what was Charlie Strong's? Did Charlie Strong have one? No. Football. Put the tea, we can put the tea back in Texas. Put the tea back in Texas. That uh-huh. was his. Yeah, I know. It'd be funny if you have I didn't remember that. I didn't either. You know what I mean? Like, what was Hillary Clinton's slogan? I don't remember. Couldn't tell you. You don't remember the losers. No, nope. I mean, you don't. You remember what their slogan was? Like you asked, you you remember how, uh, Barack Obama, Hope and James? You remember the losers? I don't what remember. Was, like John what was Kerry, Al slogan? I don't, I don't remember. remember. Bob Dole, Bob I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's so that's part of it, though. That's part of the message you're selling. Well, because if you're you successful, good, you're yeah, memorable. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it'd be funny to see if there's like a photo of Mac right now putting BBs in a box for North Carolina. Like, I would like to listen to his press conferences and see if he said that to them we because need a he needs to do that cartoonist. over there. That's oh, what yes. somebody gets like show Mac like putting the BBs back in the box. But That'd be pretty good. I think all of this is goes back to and I'll say it I think goes back to the Texas Cold War. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All that goes back to them trying to win this state. Uh, that's why the the, the 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 facilities battle is an arms race, man. Like hell, A and M arguably has better facilities in Texas. Like that, you know, like, so you're talking about that Texas Cold War. They're that's the something they can brag about. There, there are like four or five main com- uh, components and factors to the Texas Cold War. Recruiting is number one, um, and then you know facilities is a part of that too. Hell yeah, you got to win games to have the most wins. Um, but then you know draft is a big part of that. That's mm-hmm. why that's why Texas got to get back to getting guys drafted really. High. I know it sounds like, well, what if they're winning games? That doesn't matter. I like, know it does. There's a correlation there's, there. There's a correlation because the Aggies will will brag about having more draft picks and they will say yes and it will affect recruiting because they were like, well, man, they, they, they recruit well, but then what happens to those guys when they get to Texas? All right, they underachieve, which is what a, a five star receiver from Austin actually said about Texas. Mm-hmm. I don't like when guys go to Texas because they underachieve. So you got to win that battle too. You can't, it's like, it's like, it's, it, is the, it is the Cold War. You can't allow them to win one thing because if they win one thing, that little bit of shred, you know what I mean? That is the that is the one thread that could unravel the whole damn thing. So you got to have more wins than AM, all right? And you got to have better facilities than AM. And you got to have a better recruiting class than AM. And you got to have more draft picks. You know what I mean? It sounds like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, no, no, no. Those are the things that Mac Brown did to win a national title. You want to go all the way back to it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you got to do in this state specifically. It, in this state, it's different than any other state. And right. it reminds me of how we've been talking about a defense in this. It's like, yeah, you can have a good defense, but if there's one glaring hole, you're only as good as your best bad matchup. And in this situation, it's like, okay, well, if you give them one piece of ammunition to one use piece, against man. you, then there's it. something to be used against you in the battle between go, it. Go look Especially at the in the modern recruiting, you used to have the unwritten rules and no negative recruits. Like, that stuff's out the window. Yeah. If you give them one thing, it's going to be used against you. And then if you can it brand it well on social media and make it, you can talk it almost into a reality, even if it's, say, perception is somehow now became that reality instead of actually being based on the facts. So you don't want to give them something to then mold the perception around it. Yeah, no, because, it, 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 and it's a great point because I remember looking at the Twitter account of AM after the draft and they said they, they, they bragged about a lot of things. They bragged about having seven draft picks, but I think it was the most they've had in history. Mm-hmm. They bragged about that, that being the second most in the SEC, all those things being uh, understandable and that makes sense. And they also bragged about having the most draft picks in the state of Texas. And what do you think that, that's a shot man that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what you do you know what I mean and over all this I'll tell you who's hovering over all this is Texas Cold War on and on the back burners always a nation on the outside like and all right who's gonna win this thing because mm-hmm. I'm taking over Game of Thrones style is Oklahoma because Oklahoma needs this state yeah <laughs> so they've lost also, more ground than anybody <laughs> yeah like they, they need this state too that's why you know what I mean they that, that's what that's their lifeblood as well and Texas has to worry about you know that perception war against Oklahoma and win that too there's a lot at stake here and I think that fa- that facility Facilities upgrade uh, the south end zone. You know, it's just to me, it's just uh, kind of a small layer. But if you dig a little deeper, you can see it, man. It's all there because it's all this is this is unprecedented territory in a lot of respects for Texas and for yeah. athletics in Texas too. In terms of looking at A and M and that Texas Cold War, but also Oklahoma. They've had two Heisman Trophy winning number one overall draft picks from Texas. From Texas, and they still are losing <laughs> ground somehow. From they're losing. coming here to get their quarterbacks, and they're still losing ground. So they're panicking. They're like, no. <laughs> 
no, no, no. And we let's gotta, not forget the other part of that that Texas fans somehow neglect to forget when they talk about Oklahoma. Oklahoma's won more Big 12 titles in the last four years than you've won ever yes. as a program. And don't even need a, 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 a really a consistent quarterback to do it. They've done it with, what, seven different quarterbacks? I wonder if one more than the rest eight of different quarterbacks. Nate Hibble won them a Big 12 title. <laughs> no, they Paul still Thompson won, more won them the a Big 12 title. the conference yeah. combined. It's insane. Yeah, that, that, see, and yeah. So I think there's a lot going on here, man. There's a lot that yeah. that that upgrade. That's I don't know if Tom Herman's in that office. He's like, hey, man, we need it. I know you got a lot to worry about, but this football is what needs to be in the top priority. Like we got to upgrade these facilities right yeah. now because everybody else. That's is doing what it. I, to tie all that in together. Right, Chris Del Conte said something in that press conference Saturday that stuck with me, and he was talking about you know the Moncrief complex itself was built for Daryl Royal, and the major overhaul it got was while John Makovic was coaching. Mac did some things to renovate it up until now where Tom Herman redid the weight room and, you know, we're going to smash renovation. But he said, you know, we talk about, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, we talk about Texas wanting the best, deserving the best, but you look at the history of just this building, were we really committed to winning? Mm -hmm. And I think that dose of reality really hits home for a lot of Texas fans. And you say, you know, when you look at what TCU put into their facilities and what yeah. Baylor did, and even what Iowa State's done, what Oklahoma State's done, what even Kansas Teams on the football side Teams has done. Less. Yeah. With less money. Because I know Kansas went in and said, look, we're not going to have a stadium as nice as Oklahoma or Texas, but we can have facilities on par with what they do. And you look at where Texas stood in the conference. Yeah, you really have to ask yourself, really in that era where it started to fall off and uh, it's more – complex and more nuanced than this, but yes, it had it not been for Colt McCoy and Will Muschamp, the downfall probably happens earlier yeah. than 2010. Yeah. But you start looking where everybody, like I said, was just kind of resting on their laurels. Were you really committed to winning or just as long as you were finishing number one in the bank every year, was that just kind of good enough? Remember with Mac Brown, though, and as I said, this is like you you were very astute in your point that it's so nuanced, so it's not just one thing you can point out. It's almost like ge- a geopolitical discussion where Mac Brown was against the arms rate. Mm-hmm. You know, he said it for years and we didn't really pay attention to him, but he said, I don't want this to become a thing where, you know, only the haves, um, they go all in and they, you know, can boost their support staff and go all in their facilities and then the have-nots are left out in the cold and they got no shot at all. He does. He didn't want to widen that gap. I think he was fighting a losing fight. I think he was fighting, you know what I mean? It was, it was futile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It didn't really matter. I was like, Mac, this is, this is the way it's going. I think Mac was trying to, he, he was trying to help out the the have-nots a little bit more, but I remember him several times stating that, and he wasn't about that, and he was he was actually on board for a snitching on fellow coaches who were cheating yeah. to try to, you know what I mean, to, to try to upgrade and try to, uh, try to, you know, try to skirt the rules and try to find some way around the NCAA rules in, in recruiting and stuff like that. So, Mac, I don't know. I, I mean, I think he had a, he had a just cause, but you couldn't fight that, but that hurt Texas, is my point. Because His while stands he, hurt Texas because right. he didn't want Texas to try to they, Texas should have been ahead of Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and Ohio State in building support staff. Hell, everybody wants to live in Austin. You're talking about the, the, the arguably the most popular city in the country. You're talking about you know what I mean where uh, I think it's the fastest growing city in like the country every year since like '99. Year, it has. Everybody wants to live here because they got a tech boom, they got a movie boom, they got a music culture, they got a food culture, everything. And Mac he would use that in recruiting, but use that wouldn't use that in recruiting of student athletes, but wouldn't use that in recruiting of coaches and support staff and it's like Mac they all want to come to Texas man and he fought against that almost almost subconsciously and while he was bit. fighting against, while he was fighting against it do you know what happened Everybody the have nots said screw it and they became the halves yeah well, and Oklahoma then, State boom pick and said you know what screw it we'll just dump all kinds of money into our facilities Oklahoma State wins a Big 12 title Baylor has as many Big 12 titles in the last 20 years as Texas does well yeah, hell if football. you look at Big 12 the titles Joneses you have, up with the Joneses. You yeah. have 12 with Oklahoma the rest of the Big 12 conference has 8 like that's what's left. If you want to count in Nebraska, Colorado, and A and M, it's twelve to twelve. But to Rod's point, Oklahoma has twelve, yeah. eight, twelve titles. Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They have more than the rest of the conference combined. I don't think it was 12? Dude. No, it can't be that many. Uh, Well, I mean, here's the list. 2000, 2002, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's not 12. 10, 11. Either way, it's more than the entire conference. This adding thing may be off. It's more than every other school in the conference. No, no, sorry. Your math is right. You're better math. My mind is blown. I can't believe it. That's why I apologize. That's why whenever. That's why. It's not you. No, I'm. 
I'm not I'm not going to discount your Texas Cold War argument, but this is my point to Texas fans. While wow. you're concerned about bickering with the Aggies, the Sooners are dominating this conference. Oh, I understand that. No, I understand that. I'm just saying that I'm telling you, you got multiple threats. You're America. Yeah. You, you, you have multiple threats coming at you. Yeah. Like they, so they, don't be concerned with yeah, the one yeah, in yeah, College Station because the one in Norman is probably more, more important to your immediate success. But like America, you must be able to defend yourself on multiple fronts. Right. You're supposed to be that big. You're supposed to be that influential, that impactful as a brand. You got to defend the northern front against Oklahoma, and you got to defend your uh, what's the your your eastern front mm-hmm. with uh, with you know with A and M and because A and M exactly because A and M has now opened the door to the SEC because they're like hey, they're like Texas yeah. we don't care if yeah it goes they're to like the Al Qaeda they've opened you up to a whole lot of other stuff you know what mm-hmm. I mean they, they they're not even a state you don't know what the hell's going on over there you know what I mean like they just opened you up to a whole well, lot we aren't gonna of, get them we're random. gonna take them away from Texas <laughs> I apologize I should not the Aggies quote Rod Babers bottom line what's a dark place get my point in my analogy I have I'm going very too far. I'm going way too far. But you know, there. But you get my point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you got to be defend both of them, and both of them are coming at you. Like they're both of them, their number one objectives is you. Yeah. And like you got to figure out now. I got to divide my resources to be able to defend myself against both because Tech, Texas A&M is here in the state. They are in within your boundary. They are already here within your borders. There's nothing you can do about it. So how do you defend against that? That's that's that CIA stuff. That's that that's that uh that's that covert clandestine stuff you got to do. All right, that's secret agent stuff going on within your population to police your own because they're within your own. They're they're Aggie. All right, and then there's Oklahoma, who's clearly on the outside. Yeah, right? they're on the outside. And here's, you know here's what, what they are, but they but they but they also need Texas. Here's what's different about to Tom feed Herm- themselves. Right. You know here's, what I mean? Here's what's different about Tom Herman and a lot of guys on the staff too. Tom Herman, a lot of those guys that he's got in his program right now on his coaching staff, a lot of those guys were in the foxhole with Urban Meyer when Ohio State won that national title in 2014. So they've known what it's been like to be, see the cutthroat guy operating, yeah. trying to, because Ohio State's another one of those programs. you got to worry about Michigan, and you've got to recruit against Notre Dame, and yeah. you got to worry about Penn State, yeah. and you got to take care of everything at home and abroad. And, and they've turned it well, around Hold on, just, just a minute. Hold I agree on. with that, yeah, and, and a further recruiting base. And, and they've seen what it takes to, from a cutthroat standpoint, you've got to be able to handle it from all fronts on recruiting facilities, everything. And when push comes to shove, you've got to be able to say, do we have the staff power, the person, the personnel on the field, and the ability scheme wise to go head to head and beat Nick Saban in a national semifinal winning yeah. with a national title on the Lots to think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but exactly. Tom, Tom Herman, so Tom Herman's been with Matt Brown to see how it works at Texas and how it was built at Texas. He's been with Urban Meyer to see, okay, this is college football today in the late 2010s going into the 2020s, what it takes to win in college football. So I think Tom Herman's just looking at it and saying, no, this, this is what Texas has needed for a long time that hasn't been in place. Yeah. These are the type of guys we're going to go recruit. This is the type of personnel we need. This is the type of support staff we need. These are the yeah. kind of guys I want to assemble on my coaching staff. These are the kind of facilities we need. And it goes beyond, right? It goes beyond just Oklahoma and A&M. If you want to compete with Clemson, with Alabama, with Ohio State, this is the type of stuff you need. And credit to Chris Del Conte and Greg Finvis, they've put the green light on everything Tom Herman's asked for. Sir. No, I totally agree. But you got to beat the most immediate threat first. I get and Oklahoma it, yeah. is your most immediate threat within your conference. And a is your most immediate threat within your state. So I mean, you got to win the recruiting battle in the state. Right. And then you got to win no your conference. You know what I mean? And the thing about the thing is, uh, you know, to keep the, I guess, the military analogies going, what it takes to win one battle against Oklahoma, to go back to your point, is not what it's going to take to win the battle against Clemson in Ohio State or Bama. Yeah. So you got to have, you got to have your resources, to, you got to spend tons of money on defense, mm-hmm. right? And you got to spend tons of money on your military to make sure that you can defend yourself on multiple fronts and you can win the battle against Oklahoma, which is going to be a different battle altogether than the battle you're going to have against a Clemson or an Ohio State or a Bama. Like, it's going to be totally different. It's like Game of Thrones, right? The Battle of Winterfell, the battle against the dead, is going to be a totally different battle than the battle you're going to have against Cersei. Sorry if y'all don't know about that. But you, you know, people spoiler that alert. Now yeah, that, spoiler that, that's good interjection of pop culture. They're, they're, they're different battles. Radio 101. Different tactics, different everything. All right? Different personnel, whatever. So I think, and you and you pointed out several times, to win the Big 12 is great, but that strategy whatever it took to win the Big 12, that's not the same strategy you're going to have to be able to use in personnel even to to beat Bama, Clemson, Ohio State and those other teams. And one good thing about it now though is the way the system's changed and favors the haves the way Texas is before you had to either you know get lucky pre-bowl 
Bowl alliance and have everything go in or have just two teams. But now if you're Texas or Oklahoma and you've seen, well, Oklahoma is living up to their standard at this point, well, that means that Texas is there. The winner's going to end up getting an immediate shot as one of those four in. You got that path to get in that it doesn't now. You Once you get in, then it becomes that battle that you're speaking about that then you have to actually be able yeah, to win beat those. The most immediate but you battle. used to didn't you used yeah. to not have an avenue directly to that the way that you do now in Texas just being in the school one of the blue bloods it's like you're a area of privilege and you're able to go if you take care of your business you have the opportunity every year to be there and to here, Jeff's point though you got to be obsessed with Oklahoma too and it, it it now should match any obsession to win the state which it's like every the time Texas has been the best team in the state of Texas go back and look they're usually in the national championship discussion this year they were the best team in the state of Texas and he went to the Sugar Bowl. All right? Like, it's usually really good things to be the good. I remember Mac Brown's why he was like, ah, we got to win the state. Win the state yep. title. That's got to be big because that's how big football is in the state. But to Jeff's point, it means you beat OU. You got to beat Oklahoma twice now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it, back in the day, it was just once. And it was like, ooh, but all if right, you beat I got them first, the way you might get lucky. And now you got to do it twice. Normally. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so, to get to the big dance, that now I think ups the obsession level with Oklahoma. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, we definitely got to figure this out because. We can't even it. And if you you lose to them in the oh you know to the in the Red River Showdown and then you win really the Big Twelve title, that's not good enough because then you're probably not going to make it to the College Football Playoff, and that'll be really tough that way. You probably got to beat them twice to really you know what I mean solidify your either chance way you beat to them. play for the big. Yeah, you got either way you got to beat them. I think you got to beat them twice though. I think that's the new rule well, for sure. That'll get you in for sure. That's why yeah, and you got to you got to be able to prepare for that to beat them twice. Yeah, that's, that's hard to do. That's why I think any Oklahoma fan who looks at Texas objectively, and I understand there's Oklahoma homers yeah. in, in the media and abroad that aren't going to look at Texas objectively. Yeah. I think any Oklahoma fan looking at this objectively from a realistic, realistic standpoint should be saying about Texas, are you guys ready to, to, to sit at the head of the table now? Because for Oklahoma, if Texas is that program, it legitimizes this conference. It legitimizes your conference title. Yep. Right, let's face it. There's some years later where Oklahoma's won a conference where you really didn't have, there was no elite number two team where they've had to go beat. To uh, I agree with you, but that's the beauty of Oklahoma. If there's like, if there's nobody that's going to take the Iron Throne. We got it. We'll take it. And that's what yeah. Texas we'll take wants it. to be. Texas we'll take thinks it. they're that, and but we that's haven't why been te- that. Exactly. As to match what, that's what Texas should, Texas should be doing. That. When there's nobody to take the Iron Throne, it should automatically go to Texas. It doesn't. And, and it was when Stoops came. I mean, you look, the first four championships in the Big 12 were Texas, Nebraska, A&M, Nebraska. Since 2000, 12 of the 19 have been Oklahoma. One of those was a co-championship with K-State. I'll throw, yeah. throw that in there. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is, yeah, that's still, 2012. Still stands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as we talk about the South End Zone Project breaking ground, which it'll be completed by the time the 2021 season starts, right? Think back in your head when you ever thought, you know, the 2021 season would be on the horizon <laughs> in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Um, which actually is crazy. It sounds the 2020 one season it will be the 20th anniversary year of your 2001 season where probably uh, should have been a big 12 champion yeah uh, 2001 and two should have been big 12 titles we were good enough yeah we yeah anyway and uh but anyway i, I started thinking about 2001 and all those bad memories came i uh, know sorry so. that's why i said i don't want anyone bogged down yeah, the show but as texas as texas starts to build this facility and you look at the 2019 season what's right ahead of us and there will be the construction in the background when mm-hmm. lsu comes in and, and whatever but you start looking at this and the big 12 is getting back to that point where I think you look at the Big 12 route as we sit here several months out and you can realistically say I think it's Texas and Oklahoma, and then you can just kind of pick your number three, four, five, and so on. I agree. With I'm that. not sure that it really matters. That's how it, it was like pre-08. Yeah, I think that's what the Big Twelve wants too. That's what the Big Twelve needs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wants and needs. Yeah. Like I said, Oklahoma's Oklahoma's hoping Texas is ready to sit at the head of the table because it'll legitimize this conference, and there will be no question at that point that the Big Twelve champion in the current playoff format Goes deserves in. a shot in the CFP. So we're totally like, if, if that number two contender is legitimate, yeah, contender. let the two blue blue. Bloods basically just uh you know keep the uh, the conference legitimized yeah yep. which is what that would happen that's yeah, I agree with you the reason it's delegitimized is because of Texas it's our fault right, right. It's the and same Oklahoma's way the, fault Oklahoma's mm-hmm. been, they've, they've been keeping their end up the their end of the bargain the reason the Big Twelve has lost respect because of Texas I I know that they, they got bad leadership and all that and they only got everybody else teams, came up but exactly Texas is the one if Texas was up at this point where Oklahoma is man people would love the Big Twelve hell the NFL loves the Big Twelve not only are we to blame for 
for that, but we then are. we're also to blame for legitimizing these other ones because at that yeah, point that it naturally goes both ways whenever that yeah. occurs. To, to your point, go back to 2014. I guarantee you, and with all due respect to that Ohio State team I just bragged on a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. if the debate is between Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas instead of Ohio State, Oklahoma, Ohio State, TCU, and Baylor. I, I oh, would, yeah, no question the Big 12 I would bet dollars and donuts that, that a Big 12 team is getting in there. No, I totally agree. Great point. Yeah, it's not even it's not even a debate, actually. We don't, even, we don't even have the debate. It's done. It's real easy to, <laughs> to leave out TCU and Baylor. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. Sorry, TCU and Baylor fans who are listening to this. It's They're real easy to leave you out of it. Hey, that was proven. It's easy to leave you out of the They're discussion. Not yeah. But if it's Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas. The Big 12 gets the nod. Oh, there's a there's a healthy debate to be had. Yeah, well, it'd be funny to see how that would, I think the Big 12, one of those Big 12 teams would get it because because the debate would come down to well, the Big Twelve obviously has more of a, an argument because they're more competitive. They got two teams that we're they're competing for the spot. Yeah, I agree fully with you. But if think about just if you had say five years later the culture of the Big Twelve now with the way that football is going, maybe a little bit more respect than at the time when it was still just two gimmicky offenses doing that. Uh, and it was, that's also a really good point. Nice. Now, yeah, you know what the Baker the Baker Mayfields and the like Patrick Mahomes some legitimacy coming yeah, performing from it. at the they NFL level. The same way, but they yeah. still probably be left out because no, the no, Baylor no, but TCU. I agree with you. Yep. I think the back then they were still. I don't even know Getting why. A little bit more gimmicky. Yep. Yeah, I'm with that. All right, time for our first break this week. But there's plenty of Texas football talk on the other side, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8686. That's promo code 8686 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, (laughs) obviously. Uh, Leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial 1. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Rod, I want to dig into this because, I, I, like I told you guys, I spent about the last week losing my damn mind doing research, and mm-hmm. I had about over the weekend with some food poisoning, so I got behind oh, no. a little bit. Oh, no. Um, but mm-hmm. last night, Sounds I bad. stayed up until <laughs> until probably 3, 3.30 in the morning and got my research finished, got it all mapped out. And basically what I did was I took the formula Matt started that he and I just kind of riffed off of a few years ago, talking about bust rates and who falls into the bust category, what players belong where. So, Rod, Here's where I decided, man, this will be a really cool idea. And then about 10 minutes into the research, mm-hmm. I wanted to put a fork through my eyeball. You're like, this is going to take me hours and days. <laughs> well, this took me days. Um, I decided, you know what? If I'm going to do this study right and track this the right way, I'm going to start with the beginning of the Mac Brown era and track it wow. from 98 on. Pre-internet. Pre-internet recruiting. I don't even know how you do that, man. Man. Did you go to the library. Thank my wife for not making me throw them out. Thank my dad for building up my collection but those Dave Campbell's Texas footballs sitting on the shelf in my office 
paid off Man, big time being able to go back. Boom. Beautiful thing. So I started tracking all this stuff and I'm I, I'm glad I wanted to do it at a time because we had some recent retirements from some Longhorn legends who oh, yeah. decided officially to hang it up. Derek Johnson. Uh, Derek Johnson and Jamal Charles. Jamal I think we've finally known, gets that record. We've known for a while. And Brian Robinson. But I wanted to track it from 98 on to see what is the best recruiting class ever. And Rod, the class Jamal Charles was a part of, pound for pound, I think it's probably the best class Mac Brown ever signed. Is that the 05? On the percentage. Well, that's the 2005 class. The 05 mm-hmm. class, yeah. And let me just lay out the percentages because I, twe- I tweaked it a little bit. I tweaked the formula a little bit. So we've still got four categories that we put guys into. Put them into NFL caliber guys, which are guys, draft picks. You made an active roster as an undrafted free agent. You hung around at least a year on a practice squad. You were officially listed on a franchise's ledger for a season as a practice squad member. Or you got multiple chances over multiple years to make an NFL roster. Like Michael, You made Huey, a living at playing <clears throat> in the NFL. Like Michael Huey mm-hmm. is the perfect example of what I'm talking about, like an NFL caliber player that you wouldn't think is an NFL caliber player. You realize over a six-year period, Michael Huey got a crack with four different NFL teams? Yeah. That to me is an NFL caliber yeah, player. When, when an NFL franchise wants to keep bringing multiple you back, guys that uh, multiple teams are like, you know what, this guy's got something. He's got something. Yeah. And Rod, I, from your stories, that, that's hard to do over that long of a period to keep getting that phone to call. Keep, hey, why don't you yeah. come to camp? Yeah. You're staying in that shape. I agree. Yeah. That means they like what they saw on film, and it means they like what they saw in terms of your your measurable. And you know it mean? means like just from the simplest of terms, you made your living playing professional football for multiple years. And Michael so Huey, I think, had four, five, yes, four, five, six years. Of, of really, you know, really high level arena league experience. And Rod, you tried your hand in the arena league. That's not an easy transition either. I, I don't think any type of football I played was easy. I, even CFL wasn't easy to me. And, and arena football was actually harder than CFL. New CFL rules. to me was easier than the arena football league. I'll say that. Because of the condensed field and just Yeah, the, it just was just a strange world to be in. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> as you put it, if going from the NFL to the CFL is going like from Hollywood to doing porn, what is going from the CFL to the arena league. Uh, it's basically like okay. being a sex worker. Yeah. You're, a, you're a prostitute at that point. You just, yeah, you know, wow. you're, you're not working the street. You probably got to, you know, you, maybe you're online uh, on some backspace page. I don't know. Whatever like the on, hell it is. You're like on Craigslist? Or yeah, something? yeah. You're a Craigslist hooker or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so on. there was another category <laughs> that, I, that I cooked up for this research. It's called the DNC category, the do not count. Basically, when I do these percentages now in a signing class, I'm not counting guys that either didn't qualify or within their first. First two years were medically disqualified for one reason or another. So that's not even considered your bus, right? You those are like, those just made that off to the side. See, okay, so it doesn't that affect your numbers. The bus rate. That's completely. why I had to redo yeah. it. All. Okay, good point. So the 2005 class, you had damn, you had uh, 15 signees. Of those 15 signees, 46.7% of them were NFL caliber players. Seven of them. Wow. How many? 47. 46.7%. Let me go to my 2005 list. That is crazy. Lamar Houston. No, no, no. 2005 class. This is Colt McCoy, Roy Miller, Roderick McElroy, Henry Melton, Jamal Charles, Michael Finley, Quan Cosby. So 46%? Seven of the the 15 signees, damn near half the class, played in the NFL. Not just on on a roster, played in the NFL. Starting, so you didn't you didn't break it down to drafted and undrafted. Um, I did that, but that not for the that generalization. Category. I've got so if you, you want to break it down, okay. of those of those seven, six of them were draft picks. Forty six awesome. of them were draft picks. Three of those draft picks in the first three rounds. Nobody drafted after the fourth round. All within the first four rounds. Uh, your starting caliber players, which we used to call that a significant contributor, starting caliber player. You were a multiple year starter. Any Texas fan that's followed the program over the last 20 years should know who you are. Uh, Chris Hall, Aaron Rabbit. Lewis, Charlie Tanner. Major, major contributors. So three, I was at three out of 15? Three, yeah, three. So basically 10 out of 15. 20%. 10 out of 15 guys were out of the, in that signing class were made, were high level contributors. The third, uh, the third category is positive impact players. You made some form of a positive impact on the program. Maybe you weren't a complete bust, uh, but they got something out of the scholars from, uh, and I, those two guys in that class. Some starts on the field. Trevor Gerland and Ishiata Wigu were positive impact players. You you, you know, contributed in some way, shape, or form. You lettered multiple years, blah, blah, blah. Special team or something. Bust. I had to redefine the bust category, right? And I told Matt this, and Matt put his stamp of approval on it, so we'll go with this for the bust rate. Two years or less in the program, 
If you're out in that time frame, you automatically go on the bus. There's some guys who go on the bus list who maybe they made it to two years, but in the middle of year three, they went out of the program. Kennedy Estelle was one of those guys. Buck Burnett was one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, just thinking about guys over the years. So basically, or so it's basically two years or less in the program. You transferred out, got kicked out, whatever. You're on the bus list. Or if you look at the totality of it, you basically got nothing out of the scholarship. You didn't letter. You hardly played in games. Basically, it was almost a, pretty much a waste of a scholarship. You went on the bus. Mm. This class produced three busts. Jarrell Wilkerson, Christopher Brown, Michael Houston. Okay. Yeah. And when you start looking at that's this. Not, yeah, so you, this is a kinder, uh, more acute diagnosis. But, but that shows you if you have a bus rate over 30% with the with how I'm doing with it now, now, then you, you are had a really major problem. Okay. Yeah, we, he Got basically it. filtered out because before it was just us looking. He's like, oh, we had expectations for this five-star guy and he didn't live up to this it. Was this was me and Matt just, just kind of spitballing stuff before. This is actually me trying to do research and really kind of dive scientific. into it. Um, and actually, you can, you can make that bus percentage for 2005 higher because if somebody was looking to this and wanted to put Trevor Garland on the bus list, I wouldn't necessarily dispute that. Yeah. But you start looking at that, Rob. It's a kinder. It's a kinder. So like I said, 46.7% of your signings went on to be NFL players. That's the highest percentage of any recruiting class from 98 on. Uh, Then you start looking at the win record, the most wins of any recruiting class uh, from 98 on in a five-year period. They had a 58-8 record. Four and one in bowl games, two and one in BCS games, five top 25 finishes, four top 10 finishes, three top five finishes. This this class contributed to two conference championships, a national championship in 05, a Fiesta Bowl and a Fiesta Bowl appearance in 08, and that was a one-loss season where probably should have played for the Big 12 championship and would have won it, uh, and then contributed to the BCS championship game appearance in 09. So would you, is this is the question, is it better than 02? I think it is pound for pound the best class in the Mac Brown, the best class in, in the so from 98 on. So you Pound for pound, yes, I think so. Not the volume, though. It's just, it's sort of like what we talked nah, about. Nah, yards nah. per carry. Give me the O2 numbers. Give me the O2 numbers. Is it not? Is it the sports debates are <laughs> okay. about? I want to know. Give me so the O2 I'll numbers. I'll give you the O2 numbers. Okay. Give me the O2 numbers. So the O2. So this, yeah, these are the two classes that were basically, it comes down to. So the O5 Science class had fi- the O5 class had 15 signees. All 15 guys qualified for my research. Okay. Uh, the O2 class had 27 signees, 25 qualified. I threw out Aaron Ross because he did sign but uh, with that class but did not qualify. Yeah, Aaron Ross. Sound like four classes. Aaron Ross contributed. You can <laughs> put him on three different classes. I put him on. I put him on 03 because that was when he yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. as a true freshman, made yeah. his debut. Oh, uh, and I threw up Marquise Johnson, who had a car wreck and grades and didn't qualify. So 25 qualifying signees. Uh, you had. Let me go to my research. I got to flip around. You had eight NFL caliber players from this class. The 2002 class produced six total draft picks. Vince Young was a first round pick. Justin Blaylock in the second, David Thomas in the third, Brian Robinson in the fourth, Casey Stutter in the sixth, Rod Wright in the seventh, and then Selvin Young and Lau Senline caught on in the league as undraft free agent. Uh, so that Rod is a 32% NFL hit rate. Uh, starting caliber players, Aaron Harris, Larry Dibbles, Neil Tweedy. Positive impact players, Matt Milton, Garnett Smith, Tully Jansen, Brett Valdez, Marcus Myers, Brian Pickrell, Albert Hardy. Busts. There were how many is that for that's your for your positive impact? Positive impact. Seven starting calibers. Three. Uh, and then busts seven. You had Marco Martin, Adoria McCullough, Robert Timmons, Michael Williams, yeah, Chase Pittman, Dustin Mitch. But higher bus rate than that. Yep. You got yeah. seven busts on there? Mm-hmm. Mm, higher bus Yeah. So there Top are the numbers. Let good. me give you the rest of the numbers for 2002. So 32% NFL hit rate, 12% starting caliber players, 28% guys made a positive impact in some way, shape, or form, 28% bust rate, five year record, 54 and nine. Bowl games four and one, two and zero in BCS games. Five top twenty-five finishes, three top tens, two uh, top fives. Contributed to the 04 Rose Bowl and the 05 National Championship season. One conference championship and two division. Yeah, if you look at that class, almost reminds me of exactly what you see in the parabolic curve, where you have both ends of the spectrum. You have the very t- good top end, but also the bust in it volume-filled class compared to the other one, where it just seemed to you hit. You had a small amount, you could only offer a certain amount and you hit on them which is exactly what you needed then too so rod the, what, what this list no, is I'll give you, it is a better plan but good but it's <laughs> but you when 2002 you're still looking and at one got, right answer well you got vince young yeah. yes exactly so there, i mean well, you could have both ones this is my thing this is my thing though and i'll always say this 
Colt McCoy is right up there with Vince, in my opinion. Yep. He just didn't win the national title. Yep. You know what I mean? Because like, Vince didn't win the Heisman. If he'd have won the Heisman, well, he, different. he got That's a why ring, we always say that Sam didn't. can catch both of them. Like, the reason that Sam can catch both is because, honestly, the Vince Vince to Colt like, drop-off, like the the, the, the distance between Vince and well, Colt and, and Coltness, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't that far if you talk to most Lohan fans because they, no. they watch them, they're like, ah, man, you, you. we all agree, Colt was underappreciated. All right, one more break on this week's show and on the other side we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com Here again is Jeff Howe uh, you can get this podcast on Megaphone, Google Play, Apple Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, part of the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. And thanks to Matt, you can get our classic interviews, classic shows, all of our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Funds are deposited for delivery next business day at approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Have you longed for a simpler life? Imagine how simple life would be if you just had one bill every month. It's that kind of simplicity Avant can help you find with a debt consolidation loan. Pay off your bills and have just one fixed rate payment. It takes just minutes to apply online. And depending on approval, you could have your money sent the next business day from $2,000 to $35,000. And because Avant is accredited by the Better Business Bureau, life is not only simpler, but in hands you can trust. Simplify your life with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5151 when applying. Avant.com, code 5151. That's Avant.com, code 5151. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8686. That's promo code 8686 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Funds are deposited for delivery next business day at approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Have you longed for a simpler life? Imagine how simple life would be if you just had one bill every month. It's that kind of simplicity Avant can help you find with a debt consolidation loan. Pay off your bills and have just one fixed rate payment. It takes just minutes to apply online. And depending on approval, you could have your money sent the next business day from $2,000 to $35,000. And because Avant is accredited by the Better Business Bureau, life is not only simpler, but in hands you can trust. Simplify your life with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5151 when applying. Avant.com, code 5151. That's Avant.com, code 5151. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National...